0: from Final Surrender, Joseph, James, and Jared, the three J's, joined the antidote. Good to have you guys here.
1: Same here, Same. likewise,
2: yeah.
3: Thanks for having us, Dave.
0: It'd be cool to hear about how Final Surrender came to be. Can you tell us the story?
3: Uh, we started in 2010, I think, but uh, me and Jared were doing demos from 2007 in a small home studio setup. So in 2000, we put the band together.
0: It's funny about your band because it's been a five piece at times. Sometimes it was four members and other times it's just been three of you. Has that ever made a difference to your sound?
1: Uh, Well, we try to keep the sound uh, pretty consistent because the way music came to life in this band uh, was not by necessarily the band members in itself. It was a sound that me and Joseph were working towards when we were doing our demos. Uh, so this was a project called Joe Fred Project. Like we started off that way when we dropped out of college and we just wanted to do music. And it was just me with a guitar in a in a space and Joseph spending down his lyrics to the tunes. And eventually the band was birthed from there. So then we had James join in and we, we had a bunch of members swap out and in and Eventually the sound came to what it is now. What's funny is that when we started, we, we knew where we were going with the sound of the band. So it was not necessarily to, to be what had happened in a jam room necessarily.
0: You didn't waste any time between having the band start up and actually putting out your first release, The Expanse, because that also came out in 2010.
3: That was primarily because we had the songs already and we didn't have a band. Uh, we had like easily 50 to 60% of the songs down. So then we got uh, the other members and they all added their own uh, flavor to the songs and then uh, we just pulled out.
0: You recorded that release through your home studio?
1: Yes. Uh, It was a studio that uh, me and Judah owns. Like we are brothers. So Joseph and James are brothers. Uh, So me and uh, Judah had to do our music from there. And that's how it, it became the band space. So we used to jam there and write our songs and eventually record and stuff.
0: Just before we started doing this interview, you'd mentioned that all of the band members are professional musicians. It's like you're living the dream.
1: Yes,
2: that's true. Yeah, actually, all of us are into music full time. I think somewhere while growing up, we all made these choices in our own different spaces that uh, we'd want to pursue music as a full-time profession. By God's grace, we are all in our own spaces doing our own uh, music and doing what we love.
0: You just brought up about God. The music of Final Surrender is all focused on Christ. Is that an unusual thing in the area where you live?
3: I think that's... um, I think people normally, when we say we're from India... They normally think, oh, you're a Christian metal man from India. Is it very difficult for you guys? It's not really that bad. In some parts of India, it is bad. But the place where we are, uh, the place we're from, it's not that bad.
2: I think uh, the whole point of expressing ourselves, every band has their own things to sing about. Every band has their own uh, music that they do. They have something about it. And I think it's really about what we want to express through our music instead of tagging it down to a you know if it's a christian band or if it's a you know non-christian band or if it's a secular band yeah so yeah here where we are everyone is doing their own music expressing themselves the way they would want in their own bands i think that's pretty common in every other part of the world as well
0: so then the music scene in bengaluru has been accepting of artists like final surrender who bring christianity into their music
3: yeah, very much. Very much. Uh, yeah. The church has supported us. The the audience have uh, really enjoyed our music. Um, yeah, we've we're really very enjoyed, thankful for
2: that. Yeah, we've enjoyed the support of people here. They've been very supportive.
0: And the support, is that coming from Christians, or is it coming also from people enjoying mainstream music?
2: From everyone, actually. From the church, from the people who are not in the church, from people in the concerts. Uh, a big chunk of our fan base is usually people from outside the church. Yeah, we really enjoyed good support.
1: As much as we were kids coming out of college and growing into our own musical spaces and and the drive that we had, I, I, I felt that music is this tool that we worship God with and he's given it to us and we need to be pretty sure of what we're doing, whether it's the style of music or the lyrics that we write. And somehow God's blessed me with the brothers in the band that we could do this and uh he's good so so in turn the music turns out to be good it doesn't surprise me that uh people like what we do and it's not not the case most most of the times but it's surprising how it goes down to people that we never expect to receive our music like the way they do and that's that puts a smile on our face to know that music is powerful and that's what pushes us back to, do, to keep doing this
0: What's been really interesting about Final Surrender is that you guys have been able to change from just being a local band to having an international fan base. How difficult was it to make that happen?
2: Well, I think we just uh, we just wanted to be consistent and do the things that we were doing. And, uh, you know, I think it's every band's dream to make it big and uh, have an international fan base. We just tried towards that. I think we eventually came to the place where we are. It was not all so much of sweat and blood as it seems. I I think it was definitely God's favor and in his time that things do out the way they are. And we know we have a long journey to go as well. This is just probably just the beginning.
0: But is that common for a Christian band to become popular outside of India?
1: Uh, not really the case. I mean, I love the fact that these questions have answers that need to be honest our intentions were not to uh, not necessarily only to become a big band or get out there and we understood that the music we do is powerful and because god gave us that very talent to do this uh we believe that the music has to go to the extents of the world you know reach every continent reach as many people as it can and bless them so uh with that comes responsibility and with that comes direction because I believe when you set out to do God's work or you understand the plan uh, he tries to show you what you need to do and how you need to do it it's up to you to do that the way he expects you to do it and I wouldn't take credit for that as much it was not a very sweaty experience of course we've worked hard for it but we're learning to do that and we always focus on that to keep God first in this because uh it's not a magical thing to say if you're a christian band you'd get out there and and god's just going to drop a bag of dollars your way you know you got to work there are challenges that come with it especially when you enter the international market they're not looking at you like a christian band they're looking at you like a band that performs so you got to have good music and we have tons of international christian bands that have inspired us to do this and they never seem to amaze the fact that uh, they do this perfectly uh, in the technical side of things or at least keep pushing that level up every time they do it so uh, if your question is would every Christian band do this uh, it depends on how they understand this and and what they're trying to do but in our case uh, it so happens to be that we guys have had God taking us to the right people like even getting out there or having fans from all around the world, us, and we can connect and know their side of the story, you know, through the music that we did. And that's the bottom
0: line. Something I did find funny is that a band from India ended up signing to a record label based in Indiana. <laughs> I mean, how did Final Surrender connect with Brightwell Records?
3: So this is back in 2012. Yeah. And uh we had just finished playing at a festival in North India and we came back home and I think we were pretty broke. I think we were out for twenty five days maybe. All the shows we were supposed to do got cancelled at the last minute, so we didn't carry any money thinking that we're gonna make money from the shows. So that was a difficult time. Played just a couple of shows and uh but I think uh, we experienced God's favor in a brilliant way. Um, there were so many people who stepped up when we needed help, even though we didn't ask them, God just provided so many things, including including our meal or transportation to, you know, move to the next city, uh, things like that. So I think everyone was tired by the time we came back home. And I think this was, I think 2012, Yeah, by then, I think we were sending out demos and stuff. So, yeah, Rottweiler was interested. Um, That happened, yeah.
0: And you've now had two releases through Rottweiler. Yeah. That's how I first came to know of your band, was through them. Do you think it really helped to broaden your fan base?
3: Yeah, definitely. definitely. They've contributed to uh, expanding our fan base, definitely. Yeah, we're very thankful for that.
0: I guess we all know that metal is universal, but how much of an influence have North American and European metal styles been on Final Surrender's sound?
1: Uh, Most of it has been uh, North American, at least for the sound of Final Surrender. But we've all grown as individual members with different kinds of music tastes, and we listen to all kinds of music. But for the sound of Final Surrender, when we write music, we... Definitely uh, have a lot of influences from North American bands uh, and bands from Sweden. It's a mixture of things, actually.
0: What about influences from India itself? I mean, your second full-length Empty Graves brought in that on a few songs, you know, like sitar and some of the Indian vocals.
1: Yes, uh, so that was a very uh, intentional move uh since we've grown up in India and and we've listened to so much of Indian music we guys are not trained to be professional Indian musicians in in the sense to say we we don't play Indian instruments but uh the very fact that we grew up as kids from India we we, we've listened to a vast uh choice of Indian music you know be it from the cinemas here or just solo, Carnatic, Hindustani music. And uh, when we did that, we did it because we thought it would be a cool thing to do because I don't think so there's any other bands doing that, apart from the fact that we've heard folk uh, influence fusion metal bands from Europe and uh, places like Finland. You know, you have bands come out with their own folk elements. But we felt that also... Uh, with the songwriting that we had for that album, this would be very musical to incorporate. And uh, we had some of the best musicians, some of the best uh, ensembles from India come and be part of this through the recording process. Uh, also had uh, my dad, who's been in the music scene for about 40 years and music directed in a lot of movies here who, who could help us uh, orchestrate the music or arrange that style because it still has to be done in a certain way there's it's just not a bunch of authentic sounds but it's also music so we had to incorporate that and honor that the way it needs to be done so but then it eventually turned out great because it started to come together and then we had Rocky Gray uh, who's the guitar player for Living Sacrifice and was the ex-drummer for the famous band Evanescence And he produced that record for us. And that was our first record with Rocky. So we gave it our all, whatever we could do to make that record impressive. And, uh, you know, we've had mixed uh, opinions about it. But I always believed that was a powerful record, not because of the Indian sounds, but because of just the fact that we could step out of our comfort zones and go the extra mile in, in everything we did.
0: And now with your new EP, Nothing But Void, you have dropped those Indian influences.
1: Yes, uh, that is again also because I understand that uh, that record did not need that. You know, I mean, we didn't want that to become our sound. We just did it because Empty Graves gave us the notion, at least when in the production standpoint, when the band was writing it, I felt that we needed that. Uh, Not that nothing but Void cannot have it, but maybe it's not a necessity all the time. We let the music show us the direction
3: most of the times, you know. Like, what does the song require? It shouldn't be like a formula. Like, we decide and say, okay, this is the style we're going to incorporate because this is cool or something like that. Um, We let the song, you know, speak for itself and, you know, add what's necessary to the song.
0: It's been quite a gap between Empty Graves. That was 2013 and now Nothing But Void four years later what's been happening with the band in the meantime
1: uh the thing is uh, we guys were still trying to figure out the the rest of the members because there were, there were a lot of swaps by by the time we finished empty graves and went on on the road for a little bit and played in india and and then we were still trying to figure out how we could uh get musicians to uh understand what we're doing and commit to this the way we expect them to so that's basically the the time that took for nothing but work. But uh, in the songwriting process of how the band was working, we already had about 20 to 25 songs by the time we were uh, in the mid of 2015. And uh, the music has always been happening. We did a couple of
3: singles as well in between.
1: The band has constantly been writing, even after Empty Grames.
2: Songs have always been recorded. It's just that it was not out on an album or on an EP.
0: It must have been tough for you to narrow your choice down. You've got 20, 25 songs and you narrowed it down to 7 songs for Nothing But Void.
1: Yes, uh in fact from uh, the time we started writing for Empty Graves, it's always been like that. In fact, Empty Graves was filtered down from 30 songs to 12, which is quite a quite a task to do.
0: <laughs> I can guess.
1: And some of those songs that didn't go on that album birthed to be what it is today in nothing but void. Some of them. But but that's how it is. I mean, like, we just love doing music and you're always bound to write. Uh, you're not writing a song because you want to do an album. You, you write songs and that's what becomes the album. So all of us are good musicians. And uh, though there's there's a way that Final under works, most of the production work I take and uh, Joseph conceptualizes the lyrical concept but we always have room for everybody to fit in you know James is a good songwriter you know we had Sanjay who did amazingly well in in the previous records but it's it's always been the joy to create and we never stop doing that Uh, because we always believe the moment we slip in a formula it's always going to go downhill from then so we try to keep things very organic even though we do most of the writing in a certain way with with production ideas that I would lead to. Initially, our our songwriting would happen on a laptop, and then we would take it to uh, to a jam room. But there is a sense of uh, uh, being organic even in those times. So that's pretty much how we do
0: it. I do find nothing but Void quite interesting, and it includes a song called Tear Down the Walls. It talks about breaking out of a meaningless life. So what about taking that to you guys on a personal level? What's been the biggest struggle for you? Um,
3: I think the whole record was birthed from, from the title in itself, of being in that space of, uh, you know, just a, a sort of a void where, you know, you don't feel anything. Yeah, the songs... Yeah, they really come from a a dark space, if I have to say. Like as an artist, the only thing you thrive on is your emotions. If you you want to write something creative or paint or sculpt or whatever you want to do, you need to be inspired. You need to have emotions. And uh, I was at the point that I couldn't feel anything. And uh, we were trying to think, okay, where is God in all of this? In all of this mess? And to realize that you know i don't have to write a song which works like a formula and you know says the right things which you know regular christian artists write about that wouldn't make no sense and i thought okay this is what we're struggling with and in this struggle god is still very much there in these situations and um yeah we just wanted to capture that 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 feeling and the song tear down the walls is actually about the band it is generally about relationships but That's more
0: about the band. Well, I guess you made your theme pretty clear because even somebody as dumb as I am actually picked up on it. (laughs) That was the overall impression I was getting is that so many of the songs talk about how easy it is to fall into having a shallow life that comes through on the title track of Nothing But Void. Do you think that our society lacks depth?
2: Uh... I don't think the society lacks depth. There's all kinds of people here. And there are still some lovely people, individuals and uh, people around that form the society and keep it going. Um, but maybe these are just cycles of life. People, the, the, the societies go through different changes at different points of history. And uh, everyone thinks that the previous generation was better or people in the past were better. So I think it's something like that.
0: Much of the music of Final Surrender comes across as being quite serious. Does your music come out because you felt driven to do it, or are you doing it because you enjoy it?
3: I think they're just very serious people, I guess.
1: <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good question, Dave. I, I actually, uh, I, before I answer that question, I, I want to give the props to you because we've had so many interviews and uh, most of the times the questions feel too planned. but. Looks like you're putting a lot of thought into these questions and I hope this interview reaches out to many people even though our uh, accent and the way we speak is so awkward.
0: Your English is perfect.
1: Uh, you're being too kind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh the very fact that 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 question has the answer in it but to to get in detail is I mean, if, if you just walk down the road and ask somebody how's life, he's just going to tell you life is good. But, you know, there's always a but and then he's going to go into the 90% of what he faces with life. And most of the times that 90% of his life is, is pretty dark and, and shallow and hard to understand. You were talking about society on the previous question. The thing is, as, as people, we all like to believe in something. We want to belong somewhere. We want to be received and accepted and uh the very fact that uh that we do music and it turns out to be serious the only thing i can say is is we try to do it being honest to our lives and most of the times it's hard we can never understand that's why uh we come across with this with with a message of hope that god shows through our own lives and in turn that goes out to speak to somebody and uh, be it through the lyrics or, or through the way we play the music and uh, that's the that's the truth I mean coming out of a out of a country like India and understanding the world today we guys have come into this system of of just having a set of rules to everything that's happening around and and uh, the consumership uh, that that people are leading themselves into. You know, music has become a rule. You need to do this. This is how it needs to be. Commercialization. But somewhere as a band, we've, we've always understood that you need to speak your life through your lyrics, through your song, through the very riff that you write on a guitar, through every note on the drum kit. And uh, I, w- I would never say that it, it can be all smiles because uh, the truth is quite deep. And, it, it it seems serious to people, you know? So, not that we've never written happy songs. We have a bunch of major songs, but even those songs seem to be quite serious. People are like, you know, one, once they read the lyrics, then they understand that there's a strong message to it.
0: Why don't I try to lighten things up a little bit here? Yeah, and Maybe I'll be creating an argument because <laughs> this might be a contentious point. Okay. I've spoken with bands from Shillong. Who claim that their city is the rock and metal capital of India. Now, with final surrenders from Bengaluru, and I've also seen that city being described as India's rock metal capital. So, who's right?
1: Uh, <laughs> it doesn't but, matter. The guys from Shillong can, yeah. can keep it. <laughs> but we
2: like, <laughs> like to believe we have all the fun here. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing is, uh, we always strongly believe that uh, it's, it's, it's fun playing in the Northeast, you know. The, the people there are really into the music. and uh, But I would still say Bangalore, being a cosmopolitan city, one of the cities that have a lot of access to education, and it's, it's got its sense of knowing music and art and people know what they're driving towards. So the, the crowd is smarter, in in bangalore but music is always being received everywhere in the country so so it's not about really who's the capital you know yeah the crowd is more
3: versatile here i think i mean we
1: have so many different types of bands yeah
0: well this is great so now all those guys can come and hate on you for saying all of that (laughs) (laughs) it's been great having you here on the antidote and sharing about final surrender thanks so much for coming
1: thanks dave you can always uh, hit us up anytime dave it's good to connect from the other side of the world